everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the rare one. Tongues won't be bitten. Ain't no rules, just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. You tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stop. Any topic, even the random. I hope that you're ready. We enter in the zone soon. We on a grown shit. Welcome to the rambling. Yo, <laughs> I be killing myself. Laugh? Why are you laughing already? <laughs> <laughs> you ain't even said nothing. I kill myself. I'm like, yo, like all loud and shit. <laughs> like back in the 80s. Yo, this is the OMTV Max. <laughs> I don't know where the fuck yo came from. Get it together. But, uh, get it together. <laughs> what's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it street, we keep it opinionated, and we keep it wide. 100. 100. Aren't you proud of me? <laughs> That's three in a row. Go, three Lisa. In a row. Hey, I didn't see, mess up you. Alton, <laughs> she, she don't always get it on time. See, I've been saying it by myself sometimes. Alton, she he be stares like, at me like he waits. <laughs> and then I like mess up my line. I'm like, just don't look at me. I would say 100. I, I got it, people. We're, we're, we're good. We're good. <laughs> so check it. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture. But our focus is always to get writers, you know, on the game, on the listening game. Screenwriting, the craft, stories, shit Get your shit, shit like together, that. people. Get it together, people. Craft, story, get it in. So y'all hear her voice. That's my girl, Lisa Bolakaja. A.K.A. what? Well, who you is? You the what? Street you know artist? who? Street nerdist. They can't hear you. Who is it? Street nerdist. <laughs> That's what's up. She's a street nerdist. I'm a street my nerdist. Name I gave her. <laughs> I code switch with the best of them people. <laughs> I do it quite code well. I code switch all the time. Again, I am your host, Hilliard Guest, and um, if you grown, let's get it in. Buckle up. So we got a real cool guest for y'all today, my man. My home team, <laughs> Mr. Alton Glass, y'all, director, producer, writer. God damn, what you don't do? What you don't do? Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> so for those of you who don't know, I mean, we're going to get into it later, but I just got to blast this out immediately. So for those of you who don't know, who haven't seen on the news and all over freaking the Hollywood Reporter and everybody else's cousin, my man has won the grand prize, the best director. What you won, 9, 10, 15 prizes over there this well, week? This is like the first in the history of the, <laughs> the, the festival the, that the, won that many. The American Black Film Festival. How many of them y'all win? What, what categories you we guys win? We were fortunate win? to sweep all the awards for uh, Best Narrative Feature. Damn. Audience Award for Best Feature. Mm-hmm. Best Screenplay. Best Director. And best actor. Who's that director dude? Who's that dude? Who, who, who that is? <laughs> that's, that's Alton Glass. Uh, okay, wait, look wait, at him. Alton, Alton, let me ask you. Were the other people mad? Like, every time their award came up, <laughs> were they like, this fool gonna get every, every goddamn time. thing. After about the third award, like, they started kind of like, to get yeah. quiet. Like, after about, it was like... <laughs> yeah, it was a little... <laughs> what, what, it was, what was intense. What, what was the first one that you won? The first one was, uh, we tied... For the audience award that was okay. presented by uh, Nielsen, oh. so Nielsen sponsored, you know, a real uh, ballot, a real, um, really? where they did all the, you know, the uh, digital mm-hmm. oh, judging, wow. you know, which mm-hmm. was great. You know, there was like a twenty thousand dollar sponsorship for wow. them to get detailed wow. down to the, wow. the, the, the numbers, and mm-hmm. we tied with what we call Una Vida with Anjou Ellis. Oh, okay. Oh my God, I love yeah. her. And yeah, she's a, she's a great, you know, talent. So. Uh, you know, it was an honor. You know, we tied with them for the first award, and everybody was like, "Ooh!" So it's going to be like a. a <laughs> we didn't. From there, I didn't really know what was going to happen mm-hmm. with the awards next. Mm-hmm. So um, 
next the next award was uh, I believe best actor I believe it was, mm -hmm. and uh, Keith Robinson he won best actor. We Love like Keith. Ecstatic for him. Yeah. I mean, you know, he worked so hard as an actor. And uh, this is his first like lead, lead role yeah. where he carried a movie yeah, on his back. I cast you know? him in something uh, a few years ago, a little pilot that we mm -hmm. did. And he's he's good. Yeah. He's so good. I mean, he he really brought it. I mean, mm -hmm. Keith is uh, he's 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 very talented. So mm -hmm. I was really proud for him to win best actor. You know, mm -hmm. people really appreciate and see what he can really do. No doubt, no doubt. He moved the audience, man. Tear jerker for him. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's what's up. Mm -hmm. I can see that. Dude's passionate. He's hella yeah. passionate. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right. Well, I mean, we're going to get into all that, but I just had to blast that out to the people early on because they don't realize who the, when the presence we in right now. You know, my man is about to blow circle. up. He's about to blow up, okay. as I said. <laughs> 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 so as you see, Alton, we're a little on the crazy side. I'll you know. ask Alton, when you make your next feature, all I want is just to walk on wrong. <laughs> this is, I tell everybody this, the only line I want is, there they go right there. That's all I want to do. Let me walk on and just point, there they go right there. I don't care what the genre is. Thriller, there goes the killer right there. <laughs> Sci-fi, there should, goes the alien right there. Listen, you should see Alton. He's looking at it like a director going, what angle would I put her in. <laughs> there you go. Everything is vision. <laughs> I see that director look. His, his eyes started narrowing and shit. He's like, you're going to sit with the extras over there and just be still. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So let's get into you, my man. So where you from? Who you be? All that stuff. Like I'm that. originally from Detroit, Michigan. Oh, Motor that's right. City. We both from the yep, D. Yep, very so we might be related. We might be cousins or something. Mm. <laughs> you never know, man. Yeah, so Detroit, Michigan is where my family's originally from, and uh, uh, moved to Atlanta, Georgia, midway through my life. My dad moves to Atlanta, Georgia, so I kind of feel like was, I have the best of both worlds. Was that a culture shock, going from the D to, to, it to the South? It was, because in Detroit, I really didn't, well, first of all, in Detroit, you have always fight. I always had to fight somebody. I always had to fight somebody. Get back outside and fight. Okay. Like, okay, All so, my life. you know, I had to just, you know, and, and, uh, and, and when I moved to Atlanta, it was a culture shock because I never really understood. It wasn't like I moved in a time where people were prejudiced, but I really understood that there were Caucasians and there were African Americans. Really? And, uh, you were looked at a little bit different okay. in certain parts of mm -hmm. the South. You know what mm -hmm. I mean? I had never really understood that. I was like, wow. So you is know, it, do you feel that in Atlanta? Is it like, because you always think of Atlanta as being pretty black, but clearly it's black in certain spots. But I mean, then depending you on where you out, go, right? I mean, you got to understand, it's still the South. So, yeah. I mean, the deeper you go in the South, mm -hmm. you still have a trickle effect of, of, of people or great-great-grandparents that sure. were raised in an era, in an era <laughs> where they just didn't, they weren't fond of blacks, mm -hmm. you know. So some of that, that residue is still <laughs> is, is still there on some of the okay. kids, mm -hmm. and and but luckily that generation is is, is coming to its end okay. uh, as just they say, die just out. Say what yeah, you know? they dying out. Um, <laughs> they going bye bye. So so it, it it it's you don't see it as much, you know. But but Atlanta, what I did enjoy most about it was the hospitality. You know, I got my hustle the, from the Detroit. The politeness. Yeah, I got my hustle from Detroit mm -hmm. and my hospitality from the South. So uh, I think it was a good mix for me okay. as I acclimated into Los Angeles. So you got a little combination. See, because yeah. I always talk about that, too. I mean, I grew up in the hood. I mean, I was born in the D, but then we, we pretty much moved to out in San Francisco, like just out of, but in the hood. Mm -hmm. And by the time I was like 14 years old, I, I kind of went over to what we call the white side mm -hmm. and started doing theater and shit like that. Mm -hmm. So 
I got to experience both sides. So I still got a little of that hood, pardon me. Yeah. But then I experienced going freaking to the beach and <laughs> you feel yeah, me? Same thing All that other too, normal yeah. shit than regular people do. That's <laughs> true. So that's funny. That's yeah, funny. yeah. Because I, I started off boxing. My dad was into the whole crunk boxing. All right, all right. And then when we moved to Oak Park, it, it was like, like a predominantly Jewish community. Okay. And my dad's business got better. We got up out the hood and I started playing soccer. And mm. then moved to Atlanta, and then I started getting into film. Wait, wait, wait. Soccer. Football. Uh, no, no, who, look. Who, 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 shush. Shush. <laughs> uh, who are you rooting for? You know what? Say Brazil. Hun, I would say Honduras. But I think Honduras, it's, it's huh? over for them now. So it is over. It's too late. <laughs> All right. It's okay. They might, but pick a, pick a better one. <laughs> I mean, Sorry, Honduras. Uh, she she just want to hear Brazil. That's all. Look. Yeah, I don't really have any teams happen. really anymore at this point. Oh, all right. Okay, we're gonna let so them slide. Sad. So sad. So growing up in Atlanta, when did you know that film was gonna be your 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 thing? How did that happen? What happened? I actually didn't know I wanted to get into film when I was in Michigan mm-hmm. because I always liked drawing, so I was an artist first. Oh, okay. And I wanted to be an architect. Mm-hmm. And uh, when and then somebody told me in school, you're gonna have to do a lot of math. And mm-hmm. I said, Well, I'm not. I don't like math. <laughs> you so mean I gotta add? And I shit? was like, I, only thing I feel like I need to learn is how to count money. So I was like, <laughs> I, I don't necessarily want to be doing all this, you know, calculations and engineering. I just mm-hmm. want to be an artist in design, you know, architectural uh-huh. design. Mm-hmm. And I was misinformed. <laughs> and, I, and I got rid of that trade, uh-huh. and uh, I chose to try to get into acting and film. Mm-hmm. But I'm very thankful for that, that I stuck with it. But architectural design would have been nice. That's something I really like. But I could I could see you doing that if you think about it, though. Being an architect, having that eye mm-hmm. to see, I bet it helps you still today, even knowing that was something you wanted. The way you come in a room and the way you dissect how you're gonna, you know, um, how you're gonna block it or whatever. Yeah, the spatial dimensions and everything. I still look at it from that perspective, which is true. Yeah, Yeah. I can see that. I can see that. Mm -hmm. Interesting. So, how did it switch for you? I went to. I actually it was funny. I went to Atlanta. I went to Atlanta, and I saw a movie called The Five Heartbeats one day. Okay. And it was the first movie that I watched. Robert (laughs) Townsend. Yeah, Robert Townsend. Shout out to him. Much Mm -hmm. love. He's a big inspiration to me. Uh, I saw that movie and I kind of got chill bumps because the movie felt so mm. real and I was mm. like, this is a great feeling, mm-hmm. you know. I want to know how I can do this right mm-hmm. here. So I, I started acting. And and then when I got on set, I was like, man, I have a little bit too much respect for actors. It's not really something that I want to do. Okay. And then I really understood that the actors were just one component of, of the movie. Mm. And I saw the cameras and the lights and I said, my, this is what I really want to do. I want to do the behind the scenes. So did you find yourself when you were on the set? Yep. Like sneaking over there, looking to see what they was doing? Yeah, I was like, man, this is, I'm seeing big giant lights moving around. And mm-hmm. I'm like, because when, you, when you're young and you see movies, you think actors make movies. Exactly. But you don't really understand it. They, they <laughs> told me, no, that's the guy, the director. Mm-hmm. That's the producer, the writer, mm-hmm. the PAs, everybody. This is what happens to it's make It's a the village, movie. Jack. Yeah, and I was like, oh, wow, See this is what I want to do. those cats behind the monitors with the head? Yeah, that's great. <laughs> and I said, I want to make movies. And I was mesmerized from that point. I worked on a movie called A Season in Purgatory, my first movie. It was mm. a TV movie with the um, the guy that was on, uh, that played The Money Can't Buy Me Love. Mm. He was on Grey's Anatomy mm-hmm. with the curly hair. I forgot his name. <laughs> and uh, he was the actor. And I was like, man, I recognize his face. And mm. it was history from there. I, I wow. just started, you know, I got an internship. 
in Atlanta with a company called Strange Fruit, a uh, lady named DeAngela Steed and, and Nia Hill. They showed me love. And, and what, uh, what year are we in right now? Where, where are we at? Oh, this was, uh, I was 15 when I figured out I wanted to, oh, but I wasn't old enough to work on sets. Okay. When I, so I was just doing extra work mm -hmm. from like 14, 15, 16, 17. Mm -hmm. And then when I did my first year in college, it was like 1996 or 97, mm -hmm. I got an internship reading newspaper to work on a music video and I found this company out of LA who was shooting a music video in Atlanta and I went and interned as a PA right. and uh, I'm still cool with those people to this day really yeah yeah nice. I was an intern with them and and I just kept pursuing it and uh, started writing wrote my first script that summer I was like 18 that summer I was 18 wrote my first script and uh, just kept kept writing and, mm -hmm. and, and started shooting picking up cameras and okay. That was it. So 90, 97, 98. So, so it's not true that you have to be here to, to, to make it, so to speak. So Atlanta, even in the 90s, had places where you can learn, you know, and get some set, learn on the set and shit like that, right? Yeah. I mean, it, was, it, it wasn't as easy as it is now because there's so many more productions now, mm -hmm. like in Georgia. I mean, they're like one of the top ranked okay. states for movie making mm -hmm. now. So back then, it was very limited. The college I went to, Georgia State, didn't have a film program. Mm -hmm. It was just more communications. Okay. So they didn't have cameras and film cameras and teaching you, you know, film theory mm -hmm. and all that type of stuff. So it was, it was a little tough because I just had to try to work on what I could find in, like, the creative newspaper. Hmm. So I would seek out those opportunities, plays, whatever I could right, get my right. hands on in the artist community. And, and uh, what was accessible to me was I met this young lady on a movie, I tried, I interned with her, mm -hmm. and she gave me some cameras, these Canon XL2 cameras. She gave you some cameras. She okay. says, hey, here, you know, you seem very eager. You want to get in the movie. So a uh, young lady named uh, Maya Z, filling game. She okay. really looked Shout out, out for to me. you, girl. Maya Z, <laughs> she looked out, gave me some cameras, and I just started trying to learn, trial and error, just mm -hmm. working on those cameras, shooting little films with my buddies, and, right. and, and that's what really helped me learn how to camera operate. Mm and get into the camera side and then I got into the editing side. Mm -hmm. So it was it was it was just a gradual, you know, process of just building mm -hmm. and learning. It wasn't a lot of production. It was more just trying to round up what I could. Making your own production. Making my own That's yeah. what's up. And, and then met that internship at that production company mm -hmm. because they were really doing it. But a lot of their work was coming out of LA. Sure. Their directors were coming out of sure. LA. Yeah. Jeff Burry was one of the guys I, I, I used to drive him around right. as a PA and pick his brain until mm -hmm. he fired me one day. But <laughs> shout out to Jeff Bird, DJ. What's up, Jeff? What's up, Jeff? <clears throat> Excuse me, that's funny. Now, what what was it that finally um, brought you out to LA, and when did you come out here? Ooh, what made me come out to LA? It was actually funny. I um, what made me come out to LA? I met a girl. Ah, I knew it was something bad. Who's <laughs> I met a young lady. You'll never forget. Mm -hmm. Me and my buddies were hanging out in Buckhead. <laughs> in Buckhead. And, and we saw this. He's about to rap this now. <laughs> I know. I know, right? He started rapping. Saw this beautiful young lady walking down the street. Me and my homeboy. Never forget it. We did a paper, scissor, rock. Really? I said, okay, who's, who's going to holler at her? <laughs> paper, scissor, rock. I won. Uh -huh. And I walked up to her, started talking to her. And we got married a year later. No way. We've been together 14 years. Oh, my gosh. Three kids. And she, I remember she said, I'm getting ready to go visit my mom. Mm -hmm. We were dating for like two, three months. She said, I'm getting ready to go visit my mom in L.A. Mm -hmm. I was like, man, you know, I really want to go to L.A. 
So she she went to LA to visit her mom, and I said, I'm coming too. Hmm. And uh, she just kind of opened up the city for me, gave me a car, helped me out, wow. took me around. And I rented an um, apartment, a condo from this guy from like Craigslist, I think it was, and I found like, <laughs> oh no, Westside Rentals, that's what they had. <laughs> Never forget it. And the guy didn't want to give it to me, but she kind of was a character reference or whatever. Mm -hmm. And I ended up staying for three months. Really? And I said, I'm going back to college. And I registered in Santa Monica College. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of got back into the swing of things. Because I, I had kind of stopped doing it. it just kind of doing it here and there in L.A. I mean, in Atlanta. But it was I, still burning in me. It was still burning in me. Yeah. But L.A., when I came here, it, it just ignited a fire that mm. was just, the ambition was mm -hmm. just crazy. Mm -hmm. Because I was actually able to see it everywhere I, mm -hmm. I walked, everywhere I moved. Mm -hmm. The city was just full of it. Definitely. And I was like, oh, I got to bring this back to Atlanta. Uh -huh. And as soon as I came back, I'll never forget, I bought an L.A. hat. <laughs> I came back to Atlanta, <laughs> and I went to go interview for this project. Hmm. And and the energy that I had was, was so infectious, the producer gave me the job hmm. and, and said, after I had the job, Realized I didn't have any experience to produce the job. <laughs> she just said, <laughs> your energy hilarious. and the way your swagger was so like mm -hmm. crazy. Mm -hmm. I thought you were from L.A. Really? and that you had it going on. I said, well, I never, <laughs> I never sold myself like that. <laughs> it was just. Did you keep that job? I had that and I did a wonderful job when okay, I was a pilot. Okay. I was 20 years old and I shot a pilot for this company. And it was amazing. I had, to, and that was biggest crowd I had about 30, yeah. 40 people. And you were directing that one, or you I directed that? and produced it. Directed and produced it. It was crazy, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it turned out wonderful. Um, and then from there, I just kept on getting, you know, calls and mm -hmm. networking, and and ended up starting to direct some music videos. And then I so, how, how long film. did you stay there before you finally ended one up? One year. I stayed in so Atlanta. You did all that over a year. I stayed in. I stayed. I went back home to Atlanta. Stayed there for one year, and mm -hmm. I said. Babe, I know you 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 know you're from LA and you you living here in Atlanta now, mm -hmm. but I'm getting ready to leave. Really? And it was tough for us both, but I moved that following year back to uh, California. Wow. And that was 2004. Hmm. And I've been here 10 years. Mm. Wow. Yep. Like that. Never turned back. <laughs> he got that bug and it's like that dream is like I'm coming. Yeah, it's definitely a so bug. It was how I was introduced to Alton is we have a friend Curtis. And Curtis is a producer. We're going to have him on the show, too. And you t talk about how you did that show. He he directed this um, this pilot. It was a pilot, right? The pimp. Uh, paper in my pockets. Pa paper in my pockets is what pimp means or some shit. Yeah. It's about pimp 24-7 or something. It was, it was the it? chronicles of a pimp. Yeah. It was an autobiography on this guy out of Seattle and his... Uh, you know, his life and times of, of this character. <laughs> and it was very interesting, you know, a look at, you know, the perspective of, of a real pimp's life. Mm -hmm. And uh, it felt like I, it felt was, like the wire, like it had that. Yeah, type it of was kind of like a wire drama, type you know, of situation. It was, nice. it was it was pretty cool. Mm -hmm. And uh, I got some really nice looks on the screen at Sony and mm -hmm. Curtis really did his thing, you know, pulling it together. And Curtis shout, out, shout out to Curtis Ellison, by the yeah, way, one shot films <clears> and. and you know, he's a good testament to the hard work and hustle because he comes from Seattle. He <laughs> came out to L.A. and he's been making things happen ever since. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So we that's how we met on that project. And we've been cool ever since. Yeah. yeah Curtis hooked me up with him a while ago. He was like, dude, you need to be interviewing my boy Alton. I'm, you got to interview him. I was like, well, send me, his, send me his email. And he finally <laughs> sent it. So then we finally hooked it up. Dude is nice. uh, 
some nice shit. Mm -hmm. So he was supposed to come on a few weeks ago. <clears throat> and um, and I told him, I said, you know what? I got a feeling because he sent me the uh, he sent me the trailer and a couple of, like extra shots of like different scenes in the movie. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I saw it and I hit him back and I went, you know what? I think we should wait till after you go to ABFF because you're going to win all the motherfuckers. <laughs> it was just something about the way it was shot, the level of production, mm -hmm. the actor, you know, Keith and I, it was just on a whole nother level. I was like, y'all going to win some shit. Trust me, when you come back, we'll do the interview because then you're going to be talking about mm -hmm. the shit you won. Mm -hmm. So that's what's up. Appreciate that's it. Yeah. I claim that and I appreciate it. <clears throat> Hell of an experience. Mm -hmm. Yep. On your website, I looked at. Um, oh, let, let 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 me skip that. So when you finally moved to LA, um, so what was the next journey once you came here? Because now you're a small fish in the big pond. Oh yeah. So how yeah. how did that? It was interesting happened? because when I left Atlanta, it was not a lot of opportunity, mm -hmm. and. I made, you know, I had my reel, put my reel together, and I was trying to pursue music videos at the time. So okay. I had some great opportunities, you know, working with some directors like Brian Barber, who mm -hmm. did Wild and Jesse Torero, mm -hmm. who, you know, they were big music video directors, mm -hmm. and I would write treatments and shoot stuff for them. Mm -hmm. And and But I really ultimately wanted to do movies. So I, I can kind of, it was funny because I was really, really buzzing, had some great opportunities. Mm -hmm. But I was so young, and, and, and this older guy told me I was blinded by ambition. I never <laughs> understood that until I shot myself in the foot. Really? And I ruined a lot of opportunities. All right, let's talk about this. This, yes. is, just, this is important, y'all. Listen to this. Like, yeah. Gather around. It was, it was because when you, when you have older guys that are trying to you know, help cultivate your talent mm -hmm. and help mold and shape you, and I was so focused on what I wanted to do, me, 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 me. I want to direct, 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 direct. Mm -hmm. I didn't really see the door they opened up for me <laughs> to bring me in, bring me work, mm -hmm. and bring me under them. But I was like, no, just let me do me. Mm -hmm. And they were like, well, you got the perfect situation. Just mm -hmm. slow down and, t and learn and get great instead of just being good. Mm -hmm. And I didn't understand that because nobody was able to sit me down and say, look, young man, Take your time. This is the way you should do this. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and, and I didn't understand that I couldn't be on people's sets handing out my reel and <laughs> networking <laughs> with their clients. And, you know what I mean? I didn't, I didn't know that That's I was doing Alton, something wrong. Alton, tell me you weren't on a set. <laughs> was, hey, hey, brother was, man, brother man, let me hook you yes, up. Yes, yes. <laughs> you know, I'm 20, 21 years old. You know, I'm getting all these calls and, and, and people calling me to say, we want to sign you to this and that. I'm like, oh, man. It's, it's great. I came mm -hmm. to L.A. and it's already happening. Mm -hmm. But I'm, I'm stepping on people's feet, mm -hmm. you know, biting the hand that's feeding me. Sure, sure. But I don't really understand that mm -hmm. because I didn't have anybody to show me, you know, business acumen and, 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 mm -hmm. and how to appropriately, you know, uh, network sure. and, 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 and play my position mm -hmm. and, and knowing when to, you know, follow. And it, I blew it you know, pretty mm -hmm. much in that arena, which was okay. the music videos. Mm -hmm. You know, those guys just like, without saying it, pushed me to the side yeah. and, and it just kind of went away. Y'all hear that? And, See, and, and, I, and it, that. I didn't really learn that I closed the door on myself mm -hmm. until... Until you was outside. Until like, I was uh. outside. Like, <laughs> just, just sitting there in the rain. On the know. curb. Like, wait, I'm <laughs> supposed know. to be in there. There's, there's, you know, I'm not hot anymore. I don't have no relationships in this arena anymore. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a blessing and a, and a, a curse at the same time because mm -hmm. that was kind of the decline 
when music video budgets were going away. Mm -hmm. So it was a perfect transition and a great learning curve because then I was allowed to meet film directors. I met Michael Schultz, who mm -hmm. does classics like Cooley High Car Wash, mm -hmm. Last Dragon. Mm -hmm. And when I met these guys and Craig Ross Jr., it was, I was humbled mm -hmm. and I was able to meet them with a new perspective mm -hmm. and say, hey, I just want to learn. I want to be a sponge sure. and I want to grow. And they took me under their wing and gave me that, that, that second shot. In the in the in the avenue I really wanted to pursue, mm -hmm. and then that's when my career took a whole. And what type of stuff were life. they doing at the time? I was just working as a camera assistant. Mm -hmm. I, I I decided to take a step back from trying to direct, mm -hmm. and just build up on my technical knowledge, you know, learning film from every aspect. And, and it so I, it shows if you look at his work. I mean, the camera work is just ridiculous. Yeah, I wanted it's to communicate, perfect. you know. And be able to articulate my vision with people, mm -hmm. and and it was more, it was less about just being able to make cool shots. But how do you communicate with people, you mm -hmm. know, as well? And and that's what I decided to focus on okay. filmmaking as a whole, mm -hmm. and and uh, my etiquette, you know, with people mm -hmm. and business and mm -hmm. personalities and everything, mm -hmm. and and working for them showed me so much because I was able to see how they dealt with people sure. and producers and executive producers. And then eventually they hired me to do stuff, and that's when my career took off in the feature film world. Wow, that's uh, what's up. Mm -hmm. That's what's up. That's it good. Kind of, and it also teaches you also that you know failures are just opportunities for learning and growth. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. a lot of people might take that for oh God, I'm care, I'm leaving, and just end it. You took the smart route, which is oh wait, what did I do? Let's not do that again. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of times when people come out here to this business, it's like they really don't listen to the old heads. All the young bloods come out like I'm gonna come do my thing. It's gonna mm -hmm. be popping. It's like. See, that's why we need to have like internships, mentors. We mm -hmm. have people who bring you in and teach you something. Mm -hmm. So people, please yeah. listen to the old heads and learn. <laughs> be like Alton. Get behind. You know, yeah, you want to be a director. You want to be learn the craft, learn the technical stuff. Because I bet you, you learned a hell of a lot. Yeah. Working behind behind the scenes. Oh, it's, I bet it's made him uh, such a better actor. I'm mean, a better director. You probably know. the best film school and you probably yeah, had. Yeah, I call it UTE, University of Trial and Error. That's there it. you go. I got a PhD. <laughs> one of my questions I was going to ask you is talk about UTE later on. Though. That's good. <laughs> but since we're there, let's get into that a little bit. Let's talk about that. <laughs> I just feel like I've had some wonderful opportunities to fall on my face mm -hmm. and get my ass kicked in the business and get fired. And, and I learned so many things. There, that I, I, it was just trial and error. So I, people ask me if I went to college. I said, you know, I, what did I study? You know, I, I, I did go to trade school and I did go to, you know, a film school and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. the best experience that I was able to gain was, like I tell people, UTE, University of Trial and Error. <laughs> I got a PhD. I've been in it over 10 years. Okay. And that was my best experience to navigate these waters. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, people, you have to crawl before you walk. That, that is very, very true. And are you passing on this this knowledge to the people who work all the time? Career? People people who are, are slow to speak and quick to listen. <laughs> I'll talk your ear off and give you everything I can, so that you don't make mistakes that I made. Mm -hmm. But sometimes you have people that just you know they don't really understand. You know you have to just kind of sit back, and even though you do want to do your own thing, mm -hmm. everybody doesn't need to know that. You know, get equipped first. Mm -hmm. You know, and, 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 and plant your seed, get your fig tree and nurture it. And then one day, whoever you're helping build and grow, you can say, hey, you know, if they if they recognize what you've done for them, they're going to 
hand you down some fruit. You know don't we mean? talk about we talk about that all yeah, the time. Don't you, we? you always have to pay it forward, and you always have to like give back and teach others that come after you. That's the only way you're going to make some type of mm-hmm. dent in this industry. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you look at the history of how Hollywood is made, mm-hmm. you know. All those cats that came out from New York, they bond together, they work, you know, they help each other, relatives, friends. Yeah, nepotism runs rampant, but it really was each one teach one. Bring somebody in, you learn this, teach somebody else, and then that's how the business grows. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of artists that come out here, the ones that don't do so well, they don't have that networking. They don't have that support system, True. and they're not reaching beyond themselves, and they get successful, mm-hmm. which is what I like to see more of. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I think, I think what happens is, People sometimes will will get in a place where if we're working with somebody that's ahead of us in their in a career. We'll say, "Well, I'm always helping this person, helping this person build, mm-hmm. build, build." And then you can kind of get to a place where you feel like you're not being appreciated. Mm-hmm. But I don't even think it's about that because if you're in a position, you have to figure out how to get the growth and whatever it is that's meaningful for you. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I look at things and I apply I, I apply everything I put my time into. In three aspects, it has to have growth, money, or vision, and it just has to have mm. one of them. I like that. If it's if it meets all three, it's a beautiful situation. Mm. But GMV. Have, that's what, that's it what is. I call it. GMV. So you know, <laughs> I might I might go work for somebody or intern or learn, and if I can get some growth out of it, mm-hmm. to me that's great. I I attained what I needed. They might have been a shitty person to me, mm-hmm. you know, didn't care about me, appreciate me. Right. But if I can find some growth out of that situation where I'm learning, picking brains or whatever, I got the growth out of it. Mm-hmm. Or if it meets my vision, ultimately this is what I want to do, A, B, C, and D. And if it falls into that vision, right, right. then it's fruitful for me. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes there'll be things you just do for money. Sure. I just want to go do this job. It pays well. Mm-hmm. And it allows me to use this money to put into my growth and my vision. Sure, mm-hmm. sure. You see what I mean? Mm-hmm. So those are the three things that, you know, you have to really break everything down to instead of always thinking about me, me, me. Just break it down and figure out how to apply even negative energy mm-hmm. to something positive that you're working on. Um, I want to talk, because Lisa and I are all about screenwriting. <clears throat> At what point did you decide, how late in the game did you decide you were going to start writing to produce and direct your own projects, right? And also, I wanted to ask you about the TV promos that you started to do. Like, at what point did that happen? Was that when you started your company? Or is that two different things? Uh, well, I started writing when I was in my, my summer in uh, high school. I was 17. Mm-hmm. And I never stopped writing from there. Have you taken any classes, any workshops? I did take, yeah, I did take workshops. I did take screenwriting classes and so forth with different professors from like UCLA and workshops Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and read, you know, books and and so forth. Um, And then secondly, on the the business aspect, I've always been an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. When I first moved to LA, what really allowed me to be able to network was the fact that I opened a janitorial company. Oh, really? And I had a contract with DreamWorks cleaning their sets. Really? So I was able to employ, you know, a number of people. And and that was my, my, my bread and butter. Oh. I would go to work from like uh, 7 o'clock till about 1 o'clock in the morning mm-hmm. and do my business. And then I had all the daytime to mm-hmm. network, do free jobs, intern, mm-hmm. whatever I needed to do. Mm-hmm. And as I grew my business, I had contracts for like public storage units, and a fiber optics company, and I was like, okay, now I have my business to a place where I, I make money, and I don't have to revenue worry about, coming in. Yeah, right. worry about <laughs> revenue coming in. Mm-hmm. I had a good, you know, a healthy income, 
And that's when I was able to network and plant seeds and go intern for somebody okay. and get ahead. And, and, and then eventually, in 2005, I did my first movie called The Candy Shop. Mm-hmm. And that's when I met um, Courtney Triggs, who executive produces films with me now. Mm-hmm. And, we, and, and, and we did our first movie, and then we just kept building the production company, which mm-hmm. is I started Alton Glass Productions first, which is me as a loan out, mm-hmm. you know, just operating, mm-hmm. shooting, and doing small productions. And eventually, my dad, we, we came up with the company Glass Rock Entertainment. Okay. He said, you know, keep some of your branding in, in your company name. So we came up with Glass Rock, which mm-hmm. is a solid foundation with a clear vision. That's what's up. And uh, that's that's on your shit right there. <laughs> she loves that type that's of stuff. That's giving mm-hmm. you everything. Right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. multiple levels. So we, I came up with that. Rest in peace, pops. Alfonso Glass. That's he was an entrepreneur up. that yeah. from Detroit that taught me how to you know run my business. Mm-hmm. And then I started to diversify my business. And when I moved into my office, I was sharing the office space with a company called Make It Happen Productions. Hmm. And I give a lot of credit to this guy named Billy Frank. Who he you know he's had a long-standing production company for over 20 years, mm-hmm. and I was able to see how he ran his business. I could mm-hmm. go his business, and I got a, he he introduced me to promos, mm-hmm. and he hired me to direct some promos for Warner Brothers. Okay. You know you see the actors come out yeah. on like Smallville yeah. and those shows. I directed some of those, and um, and then I, I just kept doing promotional content mm-hmm. and BTS behind the scenes making mm-hmm. up documentaries, and then I I started doing that with a lot of companies, Universal. And let, uh, let's talk about how Sony. Let, let's tell the coming. people because people don't quite realize, <clears throat> like you know, we we've interviewed you know a showrunner who um, has a, a reality show right on one of these, and people don't realize how much in the promos that you do that you actually you 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 put together these interviews, but then you got to put the story together, the package together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How much you actually are writing to an extent, and oh, how yeah. much that helps you. Yeah. You know what I mean. So I just wanted to hear that from somebody who actually does that. It's yeah. Everything we shoot, at least the way I approach it, it, it always has to have a, a certain level of storytelling. Mm-hmm. You know, when we do short form documentaries, which is what I call them. Mm-hmm. You know, the technical term for you know corporate side would be mm-hmm. behind the scenes mm-hmm. or, or making of. But for us, it's short documentaries because that's how we approach them. Sure. So we have to have a certain amount of questions to sort of create. You know, beginning and middle and the end, and get you excited, and then we shoot it in a certain way. You mm-hmm. know, that that makes you, you know, that draws you in. So yeah, you're writing and you're directing and you're producing. You know, and uh, regardless of what people say, um, it, it, it's a level of, of storytelling, and, and that's what I think drives my business and drives the, the quality of the product okay. that we create other than just somebody walking around aimlessly with a camera mm-hmm. shooting some behind mm-hmm. the scenes of mm-hmm. a video mm-hmm. you know or a movie set mm-hmm. you know i approach everything with the same precision and, and the same work ethic mm-hmm. yeah which just keeps my business going the, you you did um a couple um are they promos or are they like sizzle reels? The, uh, I've done all of it. I've yeah. done pilots. I've done sizzle reels for networks. There was reality shows. There's, there's a couple of them I wanted to ask you about. Educational content. One in particular that I watched and I was like, why isn't that one on the air? And it was the one, um, The Crew LA. Crew LA. The Crew LA. Man, we sold that show. It was a, 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 um, it was a, it was a gay show, you know, mm-hmm. about... Uh, Five but friends. it was a long time before you said he was gay in the promo, though. Because know, we, didn't want people, we didn't want people mm-hmm. just, you know, putting friendship and love and, 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 and uh, career building, tagging it, you know, with, with, with a stereotype. Absolutely. I'm a gay man. So, you know, I totally yeah. Understand. So, so, logo was like, we want to do something 
that doesn't just show the typical stereotype of a West Hollywood, you mm -hmm. know, somebody that's flamboyant over mm -hmm. the top. We want to show real, you know, men and real women mm -hmm. who, who are just happen to be gay. Mm -hmm. And it's not the focus of the conversation mm -hmm. or the focus of the show, that they live lives like anybody else. Mm -hmm. And they grind, they, they, they go hard, they cry. You know, they pursue dreams they love like everybody else. Mm -hmm. We don't have to alienate anybody. Like, you know, like, oh, he's black, he's white, he's mm -hmm. gay, he's straight. Sure. When I meet somebody, they don't come up to me and say, hey, is he straight? <laughs> you know <what> I mean? <laughs> so why does it have to be, oh, is he or she gay? Yeah, you yeah, know what I mean? Not. So it, th that's what the show was really mm -hmm. pushing. Mm -hmm. And uh, it was unfortunate that after we sold the show, the, 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 the network executives who bought the show mm -hmm moved on to another network oh. shelved it so our eight episodes oh, that that we had in our contract Damn. didn't make it so you know and then so the, you guys weren't able to shoot none of those well the problem was the a lot of the cast members you know some of them moved out of state and oh, it just okay. kind of dismantled mm -hmm. and and we didn't have that same crew anymore T tell them the premise though what was the premise of the show it was freaking brilliant I the, thought. the premise of the show was about a, a young guy from new york he was a fashion editor at uh, rockaware jay-z's company mm -hmm. he moved out to la to to, to, to rebuild and, and 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 find his his father mm -hmm. and um he made a family out of friends mm -hmm. people that he built and he grinded with mm -hmm. in la it was originally called la grind mm -hmm. because everybody can relate to coming out here to pursue their dream Definitely. and not having anybody to look to for support mm -hmm. and he built a family with his friends, mm -hmm. and they just happened to be gay. You know what I mean? And some of them were straight. It was mixed, you know, cast. But nobody, you know, pegged each other with their sexuality. It was sure. all about friendship and love and, and pushing each other to their dream. Mm -hmm. and what's going on with the ink one? The My Ink, what's it called? The Behind, Behind My Ink? Behind My Ink? Yeah. No, that show was a really good show. But we, we, we kind of got caught up in producing a lot of content around that time. Mm -hmm. And some shows just didn't fire off when we needed them to. It had a, had a good premise, too. And tell, yeah, tell us what it's, it it's, 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 it's a documentary series about mm -hmm. just getting to know celebrities and people through the stories of their tattoos. Mm -hmm. You know, what, what made them put certain types of ink on their body and, mm -hmm. and what inspired those tattoos. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, you know, now tattoos and, and reality shows are so popular now. Oh, yeah. So we decided to just make it into digital content hmm. and keep it short form. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. okay. So it's still, it still has some life right. in it, which is really good. That's the cool thing about today is just so many different venues. You're like, you didn't work over there. We're going to go but through But honestly, you know, it sounds to me just listening to this, it sounds like often you were like <laughs> way ahead of your time. And by the time people realize, oh, that would probably be a show. It's like, I had that. And <laughs> yeah, I did. just I did. Yeah. shelved it. So yeah, it's like, funny. you need to stop being so ahead of your time and stay <laughs> in the present with everybody else. Damn it. That's good advice. Slow down. You're just a little too visionary for people right now. It's like, like really back in a little bit. Because like listening to you is like, wait, why didn't the crew, what? And they still did it. Wait, are you, are you kidding me? I would mm -hmm. watch a show like that. Wait, the story's about their tattoos. It had what? heart, too. Oh, it had right. heart. I would watch that, too. And it's like, yeah. Yeah, so. we did the pilot with uh, YG. And yeah. it, was, it was good, you know. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so you just never know. Just trying to keep a good pace so it's not too far ahead, <laughs> you know. Let me ask you, let's talk about what, what, what was the project that got you into the Director's Guild and how did that come about? My first project was actually Crew. It was, uh, I had been working and directing for a while, but mm -hmm. most of my films have been non-union. Mm -hmm. So, and, and, and I wasn't getting the looks that I felt like I should have been receiving in terms of insurance, the normal stuff, you know, mm -hmm. the, the protection, mm -hmm. the guild, right. and, 
you know, because not, not to bad mouth producers, but I would say the, the, the films that I had made before, mm-hmm. I just wasn't able to make any money on these films. Mm-hmm. You know, the producers had 100% control. Yep. <laughs> and I didn't really have any say so, mm-hmm. and I said, you know what? I don't want to. You get your little flat fee, and you. <laughs> yeah, I get my fee. I get paid up front, and mm-hmm. and I never see another dime. Mm-hmm. And no, 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 you know, uh, discredit to them. You know, they had to deal with their own set of issues with the distributors yeah. and so forth. Mm-hmm. But I just felt mm-hmm. like it would be nice to be a, a part of that process. So I decided to, to since I produced the movie Crew. Uh, I talked to the producer who who produced the movie with me, mm-hmm. and I said, "Hey, man, I like to you know make this a union movie, mm-hmm. and I like to <laughs> Just bring in triple the the the, the, uh, the budget. It, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it increased the budget, but it was definitely worth mm-hmm. going union. You know, so uh, I would say you know thanks to the directors Guild of America, yeah. and and the folks that helped me get into DJ Robert Townsend, which is one mm-hmm. who signed off in the letter recommendation, Michael Schultz, Craig Ross, mm-hmm. Jr." I decided to go in on that movie, so it's going on two years now that I've been in the Directors Guild of America. And, 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 but having that networking and those relationships. Yeah, those networks people, are, are pivotal. You, you know, know, to be able to go say, hey, I want to do this, but because you had that thing and you had that relationship, you were able to like, hey, that's that village coming in. Like, mm-hmm. hey, I want to do this. And they and they had you back. Like, okay, I'm going to sign off on this. this because the DJ is like the hardest guilty to get into. The hardest, but they have the best insurance. They have mm-hmm. the best everything. Mm-hmm. So you almost have to be like signed. Somebody has to like, yeah, yeah, I vouch for dude. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. a trip. Right. It is. Right. Like, I started in the local 600, which was the Cameron Union. Mm-hmm. And that was extremely hard to get into, okay. you know. And a lot of hours. <laughs> yeah, and I was fortunate to get into the, the local 600 when I was doing a lot of camera work. And then I joined the DJ after that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, it's been a journey. That's what's up. So when you guys, um, talking about crew, now you wanted to make that, you know, a union film. <clears throat> That's the union on the crew. So that mm-hmm. means if they make him union, the DP has got to be union. The AD, I mean, every, it just Everything, goes down the list. Right. Mm-hmm. So <clears throat> question for you. Um, so the budget went up. Who, who, who? Who was raising all that money, and how did all? I that raised happen? all the money for the movie. You raised it? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. I said this time moving forward, I just made a determination because I took like three years off from filmmaking, mm-hmm. but not necessarily filmmaking. I took three years off from directing feature films. Okay. And I was just running my business, mm-hmm. my production company. And that's when you were doing all the promos. Yeah, I was doing all the, the promos, just you know, just just trying to you know build, you know, just 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 stack some money mm-hmm. and, and grow my business. And I said. When I get to a place, I want to make another movie. And that's when I met my co-writer, Oliver Otley. Mm-hmm. Shout out to him. You know, he was a tremendous writing talent. Mm-hmm. And I said, hey, man, I'm ready to tackle making the movie. So I said, hey, Oliver, I don't have a lot of development money, but I can guarantee you I'm going to make this movie. Mm-hmm. And that was Oliver's first script. Wow. So you're talking about... Now, did you, you know, do that union, too? Was that right? Yeah, everything field? was union, man. Right. So he was, it, was, it, was, it was a wonderful opportunity for everybody. Right. Because we made his first movie, mm-hmm. made, and, and, and I made the first movie that I produced from start to finish. Wait, so you, raised, all you the raised the money first before you, you had the script? You just knew you were going to make a movie, and you were just raising the movie ahead of time? Or did you already have like a stray idea, and then brought him in? Like, let's I, had, I had a couple of nickels to rub together mm-hmm. in, the, in the beginning. <laughs> in the beginning. That's a good way to And then it. when I finished the script, when we both finished the script, I had to go out there and raise the money. Now, when I was casting, I didn't even have all the money. Mm-hmm. I had my shoot dates and everything. <laughs> I just had people who were like, okay, I had a certain amount of money, and then I had a commitment for the rest. Got it, got it. But If you get certain actors and stuff like that. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
And then, you know, half of the money fell out like two weeks before the shoot. Wow. You hear this all the time. Half wow. of the money. Yeah. It was yeah. like, it was, I, was, I was terrified. Wow. And, Especially and, since it's all on YouTube. <laughs> yeah, it was all on me because I was producing it, uh-huh. you know, and, and, and then we went over budget. So that was even worse. Mm. So I'm, I'm, I'm producing and I'm directing and, and trying to help do the rewrites with Oliver. And, and then I'm like, man, the producer's telling me, Alton, you run out of money, you run out of money, you run out of money. So I'm like, damn, how am I going to pull this off? Mm. And, you know, I just put faith in it. And I said, you know, God, I know you didn't bring me this far to drop me mm-hmm. off. Mm-hmm. So I just kind of just kept moving. Mm. And eventually I, I was able to get all the money in toward the end. And, and I did some service deals toward the very back end of okay, it. Okay. With um, Shout out to Blacklist Productions, Blacklist Digital, Tim's over right, there. Right. Because he really helped me, you know, bring this film to completion. Okay. You know, and, 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 and helped me. And I, and I was slowly trickling in money to keep the post going. Good, mm-hmm. good. And I was able to get it done just in time. Because that, that they post wow. will get you. Yes. <laughs> and a lot of times people don't even budget that in. Like they're so, mm-hmm. you know, they're so into let's get the cameras and let's get this and the talent. But it's like, yeah, that post-production shit, that, that needs to have some money there you. too. And a lot of people are like, well, mm-hmm. we'll, just, we'll just get the movie in the can mm-hmm. and then we'll do it. And then you're like, it just sits there sits because there. you run out of money. It's yeah. like you've got to think ahead. Yeah, of I had that deal locked in before, I, you know, when I started pre-production. And yes. I was thankful that they were able to give me a, a leeway on the payment schedule. That's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yep. Wow. Yep. It was great. Um. Oh, you know one other thing I I've skipped. The confident. With Boris, your the, boy, the confidant, Boris, Boris Kojo, Kojo, David Banner, Billy Zane. Richard Roundtree, I mean, it was is okay. Wonderful. I watch a trailer for this movie. I watched a scene from this movie. That scene, the car game, mm-hmm. this fucking scene. This now, which is one? On, it was two car well, games. Well, the one with that. Forgive me, not knowing the Asian girl, the the famous. Oh, uh, Bai Ling. She's oh, Bai awesome. Ling is Bai in Ling. this dude. China, it is yeah. a badass scene. It's on some Scorsese type of shit. Uh-huh. It's badass. I want to talk about how you fucking directed this scene. Because it's like one of them ones that took a week to direct. It was fucking bad, so to speak. It was just so many mm-hmm. angles and looks, and it was badass. Now, originally, I wrote that character for Bailene. The character's name was Black. Really? I wrote that character for a, for a male. Huh. And Keith David, we had met with Keith David and a few other guys okay. about doing that. We wanted to do, I think we wanted to book Keith David for that and a few other ones. Because it was a strong male role. Mm-hmm. And Bailene had auditioned. Well, she came in and did and read for another role, female character. But I just liked her presence so much. I said, I talked to the producer, which was Kenya Moore. Mm-hmm. You know, I give much respect to Kenya Moore. Mm-hmm. You know, um, very, very um, special and fierce. I call her Sweet Evil. <laughs> Sweevil. Shout out to Sweet Sweet, sweet Evil. <laughs> Sweevil. <laughs> She's like a big sister uh, from Detroit. Uh, but uh, I said, Kenya, I said, I want to try something different with this. Mm-hmm. Character, I said, I like to bring in Bailene mm-hmm. for that male role. Okay, mm-hmm. stop right there. Okay, God bless you, Elton. <laughs> Little Miss Feminist over there. No, I'm just saying because <laughs> was I not talking about this on the last mm-hmm. podcast we recorded where I said sometimes writers you just have to like you know why not consider making a role for a female that you mm-hmm. probably would have thought was male, mm-hmm. switch it up and see what kind of different dimensions you can bring yeah. to that. And you're doing exactly what I'm asking. I mean, Keith would have killed it, but oh, she, yeah, sure he she brought some She brought shit, a whole dude. other dimension so to the movie, So God bless you for doing too. that, mm-hmm. to I having mean, that You that know, thought. the male character, we've seen it before. Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know, I've seen Thank this you. character before. Mm-hmm. I've, I, I know what his threats are going to be. Mm-hmm. 
But let me just switch it up. I mean, you know, you got this Asian woman. You don't know where she comes from, mm-hmm. the mob or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she's still powerful and threatening without mm-hmm. being, like, loud or mm-hmm. anything. Yeah, without mm-hmm. being hyper-masculine. It's no. kind of like yeah. that no. subtext that she brings to, yeah. to that. You, you were scared of this bitch. <laughs> yeah, she did a great job. So, mm-hmm. And I was, you know, very thankful. I took a risk on it, and it paid off wonderfully. Mm-hmm. Would you do it again? Like with some of your always, other Always. Yeah, or? definitely. I mean, I'm always looking to... You know, or create you know powerful you know women uh, characters. You know, they mm-hmm. give it you know dimension, you know, to the film. You know, I, I'm always looking to take risks, and I, I don't really feel like one outweighs the other. You know, they're both talent, mm-hmm. whether you're male or female. You can bring your own dynamic to True. it. You know, mm-hmm. True. yeah. Well, let, let's talk about crew. How long did it take you guys to write it? Um, from the time you wrote it, from the time you guys went into production, and then. Let's talk about the journey leading up to ABFF and like what's next. Okay, like yeah. So the crew, again, like I was telling you, I hadn't made a movie since Confidant. Mm-hmm. It had been about three years. And I said, before I go make another movie, I want to be able to produce it. Mm. Every movie I do from here on out. Wow, every movie from now on. I, have to, I, I don't have to that. be the, the I leading. Love like that. I don't have to be like, of course I can't produce a movie and direct a movie at the same mm-hmm. time. But I want to put my producer hat on, mm-hmm. bring the capital to the movie, mm. bring the people I want to bring to the movie, wow. and hire people that I feel like I can trust. Right. It's not about just me, but people who I can trust with the vision of the movie, and we okay. have the same vision. Okay. And I was able to put that producer hat on when I needed to. So I said, okay, let me, let me bang out this, this concept, this idea, this story. And then me and Oliver put it together and you know the script and then it took about a year to finesse it mm-hmm. and then get the money and then we were shooting that following year and what, uh, what was your writing process like for the for the two of you would one go off and write or would you write in the same room no we, we, we would we would just kind of do a handoff mm-hmm. yeah you know we would we would, we would brainstorm do some phone mm-hmm. sessions some sit downs mm-hmm. make some notes beat some characters out you know some some plot points and so forth Mm-hmm. And um, Oliver is really good with you know scene work, and well, it's like we both have our strengths and our weaknesses. So we just That's the best compliment. Partner. We compliment yeah. those areas mm-hmm. with each other. Mm-hmm. You know, um, he he's great with dialogue, mm-hmm. and I feel like I'm great with scene work. Mm-hmm. Like I know how I want to compose a scene or sure. how I want it to be, and he'll just go in and really spice it up. And now I feel like we, as we worked on that script, we were able to massage it, and it kind of switched. We both can now do both back and forth, you know. You're supposed to learn from the other one, right? We learn from each other. Mm-hmm. So so that was that was great, you know, and, and um, flushing out that material. Because it's hard to find a good, you know, writing collaborator mm-hmm. um, where neither one of us is selfish with what we want to incorporate. Mm. It's all about the bigger picture, mm-hmm. the movie. And it just had a good balance. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, about a year from start to finish and and then I just put the producer hat on and I said, I'm going to produce my movie. Well, when you want to write that sci-fi, you might want to. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need it. So, we need it. So, um, what was my other part I was asking? I want to hear about Go ahead. his winning. Oh, we should figure it out. Okay. I just want to know about some of those details, right? So. Oh, but the script was inspired by, I was like, okay, I'm time ready to do a movie. Mm-hmm. I've, I've worked the past three years just building a company up. And I was kind of getting tired of just doing the production as well. Mm-hmm. And I said, I really would rather turn my business over and let some producers come in and development people 
okay. run my production company moving forward mm-hmm. while I focus on movies now because mm-hmm. I want to start touring them and engaging with the community and get mm-hmm. out there and just focus 100% on film, just movies. Now. Yes. Um, and then finding other budding filmmakers to, 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 to help them grow and nurture their talent mm-hmm. and, be, and even uh, teaching them about distribution and but I said, in order for me to really open up the pathway for filmmakers to not get raped and pillaged by these distributors, <laughs> I want... Biblical ah, terms. I want... Yeah, I mean, you know, because they're, they're, they're out there, especially African-Americans. I mean, you know, these distributors are going to rape and pillage you, mm-hmm. and they know who they are. Um, you know, they, they've come at me with lowball offers before, but it won't happen again. Okay. So... Um, Does it start with the letter H? Just so, no. So, you, you know... So, I'm not even going to Putting any names out there, but 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 they out there, and and and, and it, it's it's only like a you know a, a short distribution triangle for African American films. Mm-hmm. You got like your four quadrants of people that are there, mm-hmm. and it's thankfully opening up now because of the web and Netflix and so forth. But uh, I wanted to be able to be, I wanted to put the work in to sort of open up the door for filmmakers to be educated mm-hmm. on what how to 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 approach the film as a business right because a lot of time we just think oh, i want to make a film and mm-hmm. i want to be a passionate artist mm-hmm. but you know you got you know water and you got light bill you mm-hmm. got families whatever it's it is the entertainment business sure so i said i have to approach this from an entrepreneur like i did when i started my janitorial company and my production company so now i have to approach making movies like a business so i said okay let me produce this movie and if I have to put my own money in it, then I have to put my own money in, which eventually we had to do that from the company. <laughs> put our own money in the film mm-hmm. when we went, when we all the, half the finances. Not to out. mention he just had a baby, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was, it was a tough one. I just bought a house. I was remodeling it. It was probably one of the most stressful times of my mm-hmm. life, making that movie around that time. But it produced so much fruit for me mm-hmm. in the long term. But um, so, so long story short, I want to educate other filmmakers on, you know, making your films, distribution, mm-hmm. And I want to be not just, t- I don't want to just talk about it. Mm-hmm. I want to be able to say I've done it. That's what's up. So Crew is a testament to that. Okay. My dad inspired this film by, by our relationships. And he was a great entrepreneur for me. He was an accountant. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he was just a hustler. And when he passed away, that also slowed me down and I got into just production. Mm-hmm. That's what kind of prompted me to focus on other content because okay. I couldn't really get back into writing. Sure, sure. Mm-hmm. And when me and Oliver met, I was like, man, I'm ready to get back out there. Mm-hmm. And um, we just threw each other alley-oop and just got this script done. And that was like my release. Okay. You know, and and, and, and um, that really put me back in a place where I said, I'm ready to write these scripts again mm-hmm. and go hard on these movies. So, so that's kind of where I am now. And then the bigger picture is just being a true... Um, be, being a, 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 the word I'm looking for here is a testimonial to say I did it, mm-hmm. you can do it, and I'm not just talking about what you can do. Mm-hmm. This is what has been done, mm-hmm. and the crew movie has been a testament to that because I made the movie, it's got accolades, and I persevered through all of the tough times and approached it from a business perspective. And now I'm in a place where I've got great offers on the movie, mm-hmm. great opportunities coming, mm-hmm. doors, you know. Uh, being knocked on, phone calls, mm-hmm. and I'm going to continue to approach it and, and, and remain at a place where, as if I've just started, you know, mm-hmm. 10, was, 15 years ago. I was going to ask you, we didn't even get it. Did, 
Did you do all this without an agent or manager? You have somebody. Man, I do have a manager. I do have an agent. Okay. I'm rep by God. And uh, <laughs> who got him through? Love I know you've heard of. I know you've heard of that. CAA. I go, who's that and, dude? Who's that and, dude? And WME, but I'm rep by God. And, that's and, and uh, that that's it, man. So, and are, are, are they calling you? Who? Agents. I mean, other agents and shit. I'm just saying. Let's just be real. Okay? Nobody. No agents. We're talking about my man. Just won five awards in the biggest black film festival in the world, right? Had this have been a white dude, they'd be like, you feel me? All on his Fruit business. basket. All on your business. In your house. I just, that's, that's what Hollywood's about. It's some bullshit. Well, I think I just had to approach the business and everything that I do from a standpoint. And I think everybody should do this so that you won't, you will never be let down or feel like you're owed something. I think you should approach everything as if nobody cares. Mm-hmm. That is the best, and not from a mean perspective. Mm-hmm. But if you if you look at it as if nobody cares, then all you can do is float in your own stratosphere mm-hmm. and just do you and continue to work diligently to see to it that whatever you want to do gets made, gets pushed through. Sure. And then when they come knocking, okay, mm-hmm. great. You know mm-hmm. that you come knocking, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. And by that time, you can make them pay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. my whole goal is to just keep making my movies. And I'm going to continue to make money and make capital and grow my business. So the later you come on board, just the more you have to pay. Let me ask and you a question. And that's okay. You know? mm-hmm. in, in regard to, <clears throat> we all know how difficult it is to make movies today. Where are you with, um, because there's so, much, so many more venues for television. What are you, where are you with TV? Are you guys planning to produce and, you know, some television stuff or what's going on? I mean, on? I love to get into the television. Mm-hmm. But at this stage of my career, I don't really want to be a jack of all trades and a master at nothing. Mm-hmm. So if television comes to me mm-hmm. and I have the right team around me to help me really become successful in television directing, okay. because I respect that as a whole different animal, mm-hmm. then I'll go down that path. Okay. But in the meantime, my focus is really just filmmaking and getting out there to open up more doors for other filmmakers okay. and being an inspiration to them to say, you know, we can create a, um, a fruitful business in making successful films, you know, especially with people of color. You mm-hmm. Know? Mm-hmm. Do, do they allow you guys, because I know at the Writers Guild, <clears throat> like if I have a film or something, I can screen it there if I want to, mm-hmm. you know, like in the second floor in the room and it's like an 80 seat or whatever it's not like a huge thing but do they allow you guys to do that at the DGA yeah the DGA has a really cool program called the director's finding series uh-huh. well they'll give you the director's guild theater screening room and you can show your movies and so you planning to do that or what? yeah yeah I just applied for it you know and I'm going through the process now mm-hmm. I mean it's, it's kind of at a point now where I'm getting ready to you know, do my deals on the movie, so I don't necessarily need it anymore. Okay, okay, understood. Um, but for my next one, I will over, take advantage of that. Right, yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, I just, you know, it, like I said, it's, I'm approaching it from a business perspective, so I don't want to be out there shopping my movie and, and, and getting greedy. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait, I'm going to wait. I've already put my film in a position to where I know it's done what I wanted it to do, mm-hmm. and now I, I want to just get it to the people and move on to the next movie okay. mm-hmm. and build my catalog. Right. So, you know, you know, I want to be like Ray Charles. I want to own my master. Hey, hey, I hey. love that. He's talking about building Owning a catalog, the wow. owning the masters, and creating a catalog, mm-hmm. which is shows a lot of great vision. Mm-hmm. Because one of my pet peeves is, I think a lot of, and in particular, I'm talking about black people. <laughs> Who? 
<laughs> which is the idea it's just something that I'm, I'm grappling with for the last like last month watching a lot of films and going back and watching a lot of classic films and mm. the idea is I feel like there really isn't a great vision in terms of the material that we're putting out mm -hmm. you know I mean I was just looking at recently um, Ava DuVernay's doing the Selma mm -hmm. with Oprah and all that and I was kind of like that's great but at the same time, I'm thinking that there's there's more stories out there, and it's not mm -hmm. that I'm negating our past because you sure. know, for God's sake, this is the 50th anniversary of Freedom Summer, mm -hmm. you know, and lots of going on. But I always <clears> feel <throat> like we have to have a vision, and we have to be thinking in the terms that Alton's talking about is building a catalog, mm -hmm. not hey, I'm gonna do my movie and get famous and live high. No, it's like I'm gonna do this, and then I'm moving on to the next, which I think is so pivotal because you're just like, all right, we'll get this distribution with this one. And then we're moving on to the next project. We'll so talk, you're stepping forward all the time. We're talking about on the next one, though, Alton. I love that my man, uh, what, what's the genre you call this movie? Uh, crew. crew. What, what was that? Crew is a, is a drama. It's yeah, a drama. It's a okay. drama, yeah. It's sexy, though. It's a sexy drama. Yeah. I mean that in a good way. Mm -hmm. Trip. Um, because I love that my man came in and was telling us, he, he said off the air, he was talking about his next movie he might be interested in doing might be a sci-fi or some shit. Yeah. And I'm like, that's what I love about being your own boss. You know, like with my company, you know, we're not making movies on the budget you're making yet, but we're like in here and, but you can't tell me what I can't do. Right. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Right. I make what I, what the fuck, I just did a, just did a um, supernatural one, right? A pilot, you know, mm -hmm. next thing we're talking about doing a zombie thing. Next thing we're talking, you yeah, know, I like I'm like all over the place. Yeah. I got dramas, I got whatever. I got comedies. And, um, but I love that about being where you are, making your own catalog for exactly. yourself. If Because if, once you get into the Hollywood mm -hmm. thing, they're like, oh, no, no, you just made a drama. Mm -hmm. <laughs> You're great at yeah. that. Let's, mm -hmm. let's, That's what I let's don't sell do. you that right. way. That's what right. I don't want to you know do. I, mean? I always want to just tackle something that's going to be challenging. Even if I fall on my face with the genre or the movie, mm -hmm. I always want to be able to tackle something that will challenge me. And never let have people trying to anticipate. Oh, he's gonna do this next, or do this next, mm -hmm. or do this next. I don't want to be put in a pigeonhole. Sure, mm -hmm. you sure. know, mm -hmm. which is one of the reasons why I'm not really in a rush to go out and do like big giant studio movies. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, it would be an honor and a blessing to do so, mm -hmm. but at the same time, I want to be an investment to the studio just as much as they're invested in me. Mm -hmm. So as I continue to make movies, do I feel confident I can go do a successful studio movie? Yes, I do. But at the same time, I don't want to be in a position either where I go make a $40 million movie and it's not marketed a certain way mm -hmm. and it doesn't do as well as they wanted to yeah. do. And now I'm back on the chopping block trying mm -hmm. to figure out what's next for me. Mm -hmm. So I figure, you know, if I approach it as a business perspective, I just keep making movies. Yeah. And then they'll say, okay, well, how much money you need? Mm -hmm. I said, well, I need about $500 million and mm -hmm. we can do business. Hook up brother that. Okay. I ain't asking for much. I just need half a million. Half a billion. Half a billion. And then I can say, look, this is what I've done. And I understand the marketing perspective. I understand, you know, every aspect. I'm not just here to just be an artist. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I want to I wanna approach it from a very sound business perspective because I want to understand what you're doing with your money mm -hmm. and that I respect what you're doing with your money. I respect, you know, the studios and their opinions and sure, so forth sure. because it's a business. Mm -hmm. And I think the filmmakers just get caught up sometime in being artists 
and you don't want to be a starving artist. Mm-hmm. To me, that's the crock of shit. You know, <laughs> I'm a starving artist. No, I'm listen, not a starving people, artist. Listen. Our work is artistic, and they're like, no, you're just not good. No, you know, if, you, if your boyfriend can't take you out because he's a starving artist, that's okay. not going to work. <laughs> I always say, you should at least have money for a burger, damn it. You should okay. at least have money for a burger. So, Trip, <clears throat> last question I'm going to ask you is, um, you got a clap back to Yes, I do. Okay, sure, it's a quick one. All right, last thing I'm going to ask you for today is... Um, so for those of you who are just going to be tuning in because you just sat in and your friends listened to this trip, they just swept the American Black Film Festival with their new movie, Crew. Um, so please go out and support this fucking movie when it comes out. I'm going to tell you. Go out and support. I only seen the, the, the trailer in a couple scenes, and I was like, this is going to win everything. And it did, because I predicted it. That's the only reason why. No, I mean, now. you know, you know, game peeps game. When you see it, <laughs> no, it you was call off the it, and it, co- and it comes to be. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, so, big congrats on that. What's Can you say what's next? Do you know yet with this particular film? Uh, well, not really. I mean, I, first, I want to just say thank you to, I mean, American Black Film Festival. Definitely. I mean, they've been around 18 years. They used to be called Acapulco. Black Film Festival. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you have alumni come out of there like Will Packer, Rob mm-hmm. Hardy. Yes. I mean, some very big mm-hmm. African American right. filmmakers. I mean, they've ushered the careers of so many people. True that. So I got to give a shout out to them. Jeff Friday, who was the founder. You know, he's a pioneer and such a tremendous blessing and visionary for filmmakers. You know, he always tells a story about how he went to Sundance mm-hmm. and it was a great experience and it was a community, but he only saw five African-Americans. Wow. Exactly. So he started That's just the, you know, exactly. the African, you know, he started the American Black Film Festival mm-hmm. and it's 18 years going strong. Wow. They moved to Miami and now mm-hmm. this year they moved to New York where Spike Lee premiered his movie. Mm-hmm. HBO's been a, a premier sponsor, mm-hmm. pushing the festival, Cadillac, mm-hmm. I mean, Time Warner. I mean, so many wonderful sponsors have been, you know, get behind this festival and they keep this thing alive for filmmakers like myself to, you know, to, to literally create careers. You know, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm an alumni there. Mm-hmm. First year I won you Best Screenplay. You said like 20,000 people was in You said something like yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, 20,000 attendees, Damn. you know. It, Black it's, folks, it's a big okay, deal, we can do it. We show up. It's a community, man. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of love going there. And, and people come from all over the state, mm-hmm. all over they the place, all over the world. From Montreal, mm-hmm. all Canada, all mm-hmm. over the place. So it, it, it's a great platform. And, and it's the top African-American, you know, festival in the country, mm-hmm. you know. And um, it's just, we got to, you know, support things like that mm-hmm. and, and, and keep that alive because, like I said, it, it started my career. I won Best Screenplay there in 2008 with the Mansfield 12. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I won $20,000, you know, what? for that award. Yeah, what? me and Craig Ross, man, it was a tremendous blessing. Wow, um, I didn't know they were paying like that. Yeah, man. <laughs> and, and then <coughs> the, two years later, I got another movie. I was nominated for all the awards. Mm-hmm. For a horror movie I did. God bless you. And, <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, that film never got distribution. Mm-hmm. Um, due to some technical things with the, the producer and some other things, but mm-hmm. it, it, because he went on to do it's some other bigger projects. <laughs> it was a little small That's why movie. You're your boss, though. It was, it, was, it was a small movie, and the producer, right. he went on to do some bigger things, and mm-hmm. he just kind of changed the direction and got into some other things. But, you know, shout out to Michael Kimbrough for that. He was, you know, a good businessman and did mm-hmm. a lot of wonderful things. And um, But, Moving forward, uh, I was able to come back with the Confidant, and and now the crew movie, you know. So, you know that's been a wonderful, wonderful thing. So I just wanted to give a big, you know, 
you know, a shout out to them, American Black Film Festival, mm -hmm. ABFF, because without them, I really wouldn't be here, you know, with these opportunities that I've had over the past, you know, and plus the eight years. the networking that goes on with the, with the festival, too. I mean, like a lot of the names that you said, I remember when I first heard those names, when they were just first coming out, yeah, yeah. or, you know, when you read, like, oh, who won or finalists for the screenplays and things like that, and then to see their progression and to see where they are now, it really is exciting. Like I said, I always live vicariously through other people, so I'm always excited when you mention Will Peck. I mean, I remember back in the days mm -hmm. of Twa and all those I was like yep. this yep. they all, when Rainforest product when, mm -hmm. like, when they first came out and people were like who are these people we mm -hmm. don't know and I'm like you know what they doing it they I said they gonna, and then when they really started I'm like see y'all see now you're mad mm -hmm. when they was in your face and trying to hustle and you didn't see a vision that they had for themselves mm -hmm. and you didn't like support that now you want to try to be their friend and stuff Definitely. but there's so many other artists like that at these festivals especially mm -hmm. this one it's like yeah. You know what, people? You got to support, and you have to give back. And I just love the fact that you—that's part of your vision—is mm -hmm. making the films, but teaching other people. Each one, teach one, because that's that's how you that's how you learn. It's yeah. so much support. Like one of the other highlights for me, outside of sweeping the awards and winning and making history at the festival. No filmmakers has what? ever won. won. <laughs> it, it was he awesome. Won everything. I mean, everything. 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 They said no filmmakers <laughs> ever won over two awards. Wow. And I was fortunate to win five. Wow. All the categories, and you could hear a pin drop after like the third award was wow. announced. It was just overwhelming, and um, the support. I mean, like Niecy Nash was there. She came mm -hmm. out and supported she, in the film, and you know mm -hmm. she was. You know, it was great to see her there. It showed me so much love, and even Alfred Woodard came up to me. Wow! I mean, okay. she's that mean Oscar nominated. Alfred, you know, okay. she <laughs> Oscar nominated actress, so and she came up to me, showed me so much love. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm honored for people like. The, you know, Nisi and, and, and Alfred to come up to me and just give me that support and mm -hmm. say, man, we really enjoy mm -hmm. what you're doing. Keep mm -hmm. it up, you know. That's what's up. Amari Harwick, shout out to him. It, just, it, it was over with Morris Chestnut. There were so many wonderful actors there. Mm -hmm. Robert Townsend. And I even saw The Last Dragon, Tay Mac there. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it was there. great. Yeah. You know, Spike Lee was there. Yeah, I mean, good. it, was, it was awesome, man. Mm -hmm. it's, it's crazy. So now I'm just riding my high right now. and, and But at the same time, trying to stay focused. And keep grinding. Getting That's back to the work. Like gotta, I never won on that award. You gotta at give all. one little shout out to your producer you were talking about, the one the Sugar Knight dude. Who do you got? Oh, I gotta give a shout out to uh, uh we, we call him Baby Shug. <laughs> Baby Shug, shout he, out he, to he's you. Hilarious. You know, we go way back to the candy shop with Omar Gooding and Guillermo Diaz. Mm -hmm. We invested in the film together. He was, you know, he really, really took a shot on me and uh financed the book of my first movie. And uh we've been rocking to this day. Courtney Triggs. Uh, big shout out to him. We've been rocking and rolling, doing movies. And it was an honor to see him at the festival, too, because mm -hmm. we've been rocking on movies together, you know, for the past, since 2005. Mm -hmm. And he went on stage after he after we heard the awards. You know, mm -hmm. they shouted his name, you know, as a producer. He walked up, and he, we accepted those awards for Best Picture. Wow. And he was crying, man. I love it, dude. He I was crying it. and boiling. <laughs> you know, you talk, we, we call him Baby Gangster, <laughs> you know. But now we call him Gangster Boohoo. That's hilarious. He was, you know, but he was overwhelmed because you got, you know, he's from the Bay Area in Houston. Yeah, when you put and in that work and, and you he see put that work. fruition yeah, yeah, coming yeah. too, and and then you get that. Because he knows, he knows that two weeks when y'all almost didn't have no money. He right. knows. Yeah, we were so scrambling trying to get that money together. Yeah. You know, uh -huh. I mean, we, to the point where you know the internet got cut off at the studio one time. <laughs> we were trying to put rub two nickels together to keep wow. the movie going, keep the bills paid. And and one thing for me is I, I since being an entrepreneur and and owning the business. And also working for other businesses, my my I can't 
allow people to not get paid mm-hmm. for their labor. Mm-hmm. That is one thing that I cannot do. And there are people in L.A. and different businesses that will really have you come out and work for them knowing they're not going to pay you. Absolutely. I've ran across people like that, mm-hmm. and and it's disgusting <laughs> to know that you you actually tell me I'm going to pay you this, mm-hmm. knowing you don't have the money. I'm mm-hmm. professional. Knowing mm-hmm. you're going to run. And that's one thing that I had to, when I ran out of money, I said, I'm not going to let these people who came out work hard for me day and night mm-hmm. and not pay them, even if it meant I couldn't pay for something that's for right. myself. These people have to get paid for helping me bring my vision. How, how many days did y'all shoot that, by the way? Three weeks. Three weeks, wow. Yeah, yeah. So that's day and they had night, to get Jack. their money. <laughs> they had to get their money, and I made sure that everybody was made whole on that movie that's and having that in a timely manner. Yeah, ethic. I couldn't Thank do you. it. So, yeah, yeah, just be professional, you know? Well, look, on that note, well, thank you so much, Alton, man. It's been a blessing, you know, having you here. There was so much game and what you had to talk about. And no so exciting for doubt. you to sweep everything. www.glassrockent.com if you want to know more about the movie. That's what's up. You guys on Twitter? On the Screenwriters Ramp Room. <laughs> <laughs> Going in, crew love with That's the team right now. Crew love. Crew love. There you go. Shout out to Keith. Mm-hmm. Hey, so um, you got a... Let's get into Lisa's world famous so clap, clap back. Blacks, my clap black. And check yeah. out for but, Keith Robinson too. Yeah. I mean, he's, he did his thing, man. So mm-hmm. here's the thing. Most of you have been with us, you know what it is. Mm-hmm. Often the clap back basically is something happens in entertainment or something. What's it called? The clap, the clap back. back. That means I gotta that, come that, back that, at that you. That sound a little um nasty to me. <laughs> his southern roots are coming See, out. No, it no. It's basically It might I be got, a hint of that, but her, you never know. It sounds like a, <laughs> it's also uh, uh, subliminal levels. Uh, 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 old two live crew song or something. <laughs> the clap back. <laughs> I don't know. So what is it going Stop it. So anyway, so basically just me have to say something. So I've been, you know, I, I took my mother a couple days ago to go see the Jersey Boys. Mm-hmm. You know, she, Wood. She, yeah, she loves Frankie Valli. You know, that when she was mm-hmm. a kid, that was her music. But I've been seeing these ads talking about it's the best biopic. It's ex- You know what? It's a cute movie. Mm-hmm. Okay. The music is fabulous. Well, the course. music is fabulous. It's fabulous. You know? It's fabulous. Yeah. But stop going around telling people. Really? It is the best musical biopic. <laughs> it's dazzling. It's, mm-hmm. the, it's not. Really? Okay? Mm-hmm. It's a cute movie. Mm-hmm. It does what it does in, in terms of biopics, the rise, the fall, the sure. rising, and it has all those things. But I can't stand it when people say that something is excellent just because a famous person has directed yeah. it. Even though Clint Eastwood, he's the man, I understand mm-hmm. that. But uh, this, 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 <laughs> stop saying this is the masterpiece of Clint Eastwood's career. Like, oh, I'm seeing no, ads on really? TV saying this. Like, this is his best work ever. Like, or like something. this is like, it's, it's like, look, 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 you're not Chicago. <laughs> it's not Dreamgirls. Mm-hmm. Maybe had they filmed it like mm-hmm. the, the Broadway show, it would have mm-hmm. been something. But it's a really, really cute movie. And, mm-hmm. and here's the thing. This is my challenge to people who are doing biopics. I don't care how famous you are or who, 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 who you is. Mm-hmm. This is what I'm going to say. you got to come up with something different. That's why I was so glad today that I heard Don Cheadle talking about he's doing Miles, miles Ahead. Davis, he's yeah. doing the Miles. But what he's doing is something really interesting in terms of biopics. He's only talking and filming a specific time in Miles Davis's mm-hmm. life. He's doing like a, a, I think the five years in the 70s when he was not 
doing any music. Mm-hmm. And then he's going to do a short uh, segment on the life of the love of his life, his first wife, Frances Davis. Mm. So he's doing something that's different with the okay. biopic. So okay. I'm really looking forward mm-hmm. to this. Number one, he's directing it and he's starring in it himself. Mm-hmm. He is crowdfunding, so it's not too late. He's got 10 days left if you want to donate some money to Don Cheadle. <laughs> but what I'm really excited about is his vision in terms of changing the biopic and doing something different. Because okay. we've seen that story before. The rise and fall, the rise and fall. That's old. Give us something different. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited about that. But in terms of, of Jersey, you know, Jersey Boys being the shit, mm-hmm. um, it's cute. And I respect Clint Eastwood. But stop with these advertisements I'm seeing on TV talking mm-hmm. about it's, it's <laughs> you know what, it's a good movie to go see. It's, fam- it's family friendly. Mm-hmm. It's not going to make you sweat. I'm waiting for James Brown movie <laughs> to do that. You know, it is what it is, mm-hmm. but I'm just, stop overhyping it when it is not. Okay. And, you know, shout out to Don Sheeta. I'm really looking forward to you changing the game in terms of biopics. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Miles Ahead. And uh, I'm sorry I don't have the 15 grand to <laughs> donate to get a producer credit. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm hoping... Alton that, said he loaned it to you. You, you know, know hey, like, Alton, you know. you know, he's making his movies, winning all these awards. But, you know, basic basic clapback is Jersey Boys. It's an okay movie. Mm-hmm. Stop overhyping it. Okay. You're lying to people. <laughs> Just because Clint Eastwood did it doesn't mean that he's a master of everything. <laughs> you know, I know he loves the music. Mm-hmm. God bless you, Clint Eastwood, for being alive and still doing movies and doing what you're going to do. But uh, no. no. Okay. Hashtag nope. Got it. Got it. Mm-hmm. Well, look, on that note, thank you again, Alton. We appreciate you, Alton Glass. We thank you very much, ABFF, for hooking him up because he deserved it. He worked his ass off. We're looking forward it's, to seeing yes, this. Yes, we're looking forward to seeing it. And uh, Alton, I'm just saying, your next project. <laughs> there they go right there. I, there he go right there. If you're going to do a sci-fi <laughs> movie, the alien is right there. And I do a really good, uh, you know, shot and dead by and killed by an alien. I'm really good. So I'm just I'm just putting it out there. I'm networking, Alton. I'm just saying. I'm just like, I'm I just saying. never catch you in my movie. <laughs> I'm a hey, good, there you go over there. But Trip, Alton has, all you filmmakers out there, you guys want to hire my man. Yes, I have my own company, but my man is on a whole nother level. My man has got a kick-ass studio. What you call Glass Rock? Glass Rock Entertainment. Yep. Glass Rock Look them up. Com, Glass Rock Studios. They got a studio. Okay. Rooms and shit. Okay. Cameras and all the toys. Green screens and shit all in there. Come get your that's amazing. Made. That that's is. That's amazing. He's doing it. Yeah. And, and that's something I probably didn't, I should have talked about too, but we invested in our own equipment, mm-hmm. our own tools to, to approach making movies. You that's know? what's We up. bought red cameras. They and, own this shit. Lights. So they they own it. it ain't going to be like, ooh, it's six o'clock. We got to get it back for the deposit. <laughs> yeah. It's like, we own it. We going right. to film it. We going to do it. We got that's a bigger right. studio and everything. So we could do table reads and rehearsals and that's everything. Oh, we did, God, we, we awesome. And they rent it out to people if you want to do Oh, shut up. Reads. For table reads? Oh, my God. Yeah, table reads. Oh, my God. That's awesome. Yep, yep. So again, man, thank you very much. Just say say your, your website one more time. Glassrockent.com. And you can also check out the Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash CRU movie. That's crew movie. CRU movie mm-hmm. starring wonderful Keith Robinson, Richard T. Jones, Melissa DeSosa, man, Samuel TV, Antoine Tanner. And Allison Eastwood and Jermaine Crawford. Stella wow, that's Cass. a great cast, dude. Man. That's what's up. They are, are you guys on Twitter also? No Twitter for me. I took it down. I was <laughs> doing too much social media, which That's I need sad. to get it back up again. 
So I, I, I actually activate my account it's, again. I'm telling you, it's it, crack. It, it, it was very, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And you it know what? Good ridiculous. for you for getting your intervention, your intervention, you know, intervention going on and and drawing back and saying my name is Alton. Uh, <laughs> I do Twitter too much. <laughs> yeah, Twitter and <laughs> I'm Instagram. I'm trying to get there. I'm trying stuff. to get there. I had to slow down. Okay. <laughs> Where are you at, Lisa? Lisa? I'm on Twitter. Please don't follow me. <laughs> don't Facebook. follow me I'm because the more, the more. <laughs> The more people who follow me, like I follow some really interesting people, mm-hmm. and the more people who follow me, I'm gonna follow them back because they look interesting, and then I have no life. Mm. So please don't follow me. You know, as, as fantastic as you people are, mm-hmm. you're just gonna prevent me from getting my writing done. <laughs> I, I blame you. <laughs> I blame you, Twitter. I gotta tell her to turn her phone off every once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to write people. <laughs> I blame Twitter. So look her up, Lisa Bolakaja, anyway, on Twitter. How do mm-hmm. you like that? And I'm your host, Hilliard Guest, and I am on Twitter also. You can find me, Hilliard Guest. And please, please, please um, follow us on Twitter also, or Twitter, um, <laughs> at ScreenwritersRR, because the screen, Screenwriters Rant Room is too long for them. You see how they do us? Mm-hmm. And um, please, please, guys, you see we guys are giving you some great shows. Give us a five-star review on iTunes and Stitcher. We need that for The Matrix. It just helps us keep up there and all that stuff like or that. Or a what? fantastic Sprinkles uh, cupcake, red huh? velvet. Oh, yeah, you can send it to her. Send it to email her. You can, you can email. Hey, uh, <laughs> hey, they got 3D printers now. I go, you send can, her a Twitter. You can, you can 3D um, uh, <laughs> print me a, a red velvet Sprinkles cupcake. <laughs> I had one this morning, actually. Did, Did you really? Oh, he didn't even call nobody say he yeah, was going to get one. I didn't know. I could have no brought the whole box. Could have brought the whole box. So, again, this is the Screenwriters Rant Room. We appreciate y'all. And uh, we'll definitely see you guys next week. So, what we're going to do, keep it street, keep it opinionated, and keep it what? 100. Peace, y'all. Ciao, family. Everyone got one. What's your opinion? This is the rare one. Tons won't be bitten. Ain't no rules, just spill it. And anybody can get it. No limit. We get to kill it. We tuning into the thrillers. And no, ain't no stopping. No. Any topic, even the random. Yeah, I hope that you're ready. We entering in the zone soon. We only grow shit. Welcome to the rare room. Yeah.